Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We are back and this is day two and we are, of course, presenting our 2024 real estate predictions. And what we're doing is we're breaking these predictions into four separate shows, podcasts. And then on Friday, the fifth show, what we're going to do is we're going to give you a list or a summary of the top 10 real estate predictions. But the reason we're doing it this way is we want you to be intelligent about what's actually happening in the market so that you feel comfortable having conversations with buyers and sellers, especially over holiday parties and whatnot. And you're not just guessing it or winging it because people can always tell. So today we're drilling down on what is you know, arguably the second most important thing affecting the real estate market, which is interest rates. Now, if you have not listened to the part one, which we were talking about supply and demand, make sure you listen to yesterday's show. That's right. So on to mortgages. Today's show is all about mortgages. How can they get the notes? Because we're going to be talking Uh, about a lot of stats here. Oh my gosh. Are you really reading all that Lots of numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thank you. The the notes and the statistics and all the good stuff is down below in the show description. So make sure you are on YouTube or iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to us, scroll down and click more information or you guys know how to read notes. So just go ahead and open that up and check out the notes. And when you're there, and I know a lot of you are already doing this, but a reminder, make sure you join Premier Coaching. This is the obviously the perfect time of year to join Premier Coaching. Now, for all of you who have joined so far in the last week or so, please remember the number one job you have is to open, well, even existing Premier Coaching students, open up First level, level one, download the real estate treasure map. The real estate treasure map is your 2024 fill in the blank business plan. This is something that's worked. Uh, We update it almost every year, but this is a business and life plan. This is a real business plan, not some just one pager that you finish, that you complete with no thought behind it or no emotion behind it. This is something we want you to, uh, you know, do with your spouse, do with your partner, complete this business plan with your family, make it so it's something that actually acts as your North Star through this new year, because gosh knows all of us are going to need the brightest of North Stars in 2024. That is for sure. And as always, I do try to be be my own best fact checker. So I'm not going to um, clog up the podcast with citing every single source. So just know at the top of this that I have checked, you know, up one side and down the other with all of these facts and anything that sounds like a prediction. Now, we won't really need to steel man this uh, content today so much because it is facts. That's right. We're yeah, facting. Good. Okay. On fact, so but on Friday yeah. when we do our podcast uh, about what our top 10 predictions are, what we're going to do is we're going to give you what our prediction is, and then we're going to tell you why we might be wrong. There you go. That way they can speak intelligently from both sides. Exactly. But with regards to mortgages, uh, mortgage rates, and loan products, that's today's topic. We do believe that rates will continue to moderate downward. I think today's podcast is going to be probably 99% good news, just a prequel there. (laughs) Rates will continue to moderate downward. That's great. Likely to stabilize somewhere between 6 and 6.5%. This will, of course, support increased demand. We talked a lot about demand yesterday. We continue to believe that that will go up. Maybe 15 minutes ago before we hit the record button, Julie, I was reading on CNBC Mm -hmm. that uh, some people are now calling for four to five uh, rate reductions next year. That's good news, too. Well, it is. I'm all for it. Right. right? And now, remember, when Julie says that the uh, rates will likely uh, settle in around six to six and a half percent, 
For a lot of us, that still seems like a lot if you're kind of addicted to three and a half to four percent. But guess what? You can buy the rate down, and someone could actually have a four percent. A mortgage that is going to be a 30-year fixed. Yes, and we're going to talk about how to do that and what you need to know about that. We do not expect the typical 30-year fixed rates, that's your standard issue uh, published rates, to go below 6% anytime soon. But as Tim just said, if you use more creative financing, a different type of loan product, you can get that rate lower than 6 And I'll talk about that in a second. We predict, and this is already happening, that you will also see a wider variety of mortgages than you're used to and should absolutely understand and be able to explain. It doesn't mean that you're originating, you're not playing mortgage officer, but you are able to have a conversation about adjustable rate mortgages, how those work, how to use points to buy down the interest rate, seller's financing, maybe not for the whole mortgage, but maybe for a second, and builder financing. You should also be versed on FHA, VA, first-time buyer loans, and programs that are returning to the market. And remember, we did a whole show about first responder mortgages and all of these different types of loan products that we didn't really need when rates were super low. Yeah, you um, and I discussed yesterday and something that I still find surprising. I, for some reason, my brain was just bouncing off to the fact that the average first-time buyer now is 36. Yes. What's interesting to me is when you are, again, this isn't directly in alignment with your interest rate conversation, okay. so bear with me. That the uh, fact that so many agents are believing that they need to do all the social media and whatnot to, you know, essentially generate leads, specifically buyer leads. But what's fascinating to me specifically is, for example, TikTok or, I mean, Instagram to a lesser extent. But a lot of these platforms you guys are investing so much time and money into, what is the average demographic of the person using that particular widget? You know, what's, the average, what's the average user of a TikTok, uh, of TikTok videos? I'm going to guess... There's somebody far younger than the average age of the first-time buyer, which is 36. In other words, you got to really be thinking like a business person when you're making decisions where to spend your time and your money for the sake of lead generation. Because if you're putting a lot of time and money into trying to generate leads from buyers that cannot ever buy because of the fact that the you know it, market situation is like it is, and we, we already know that the average buyer is 36 years old, and if your uh, TikTok videos are attracting an average viewer, look at the analytics of your TikTok videos, guys. You'll see what I'm talking about that are you know, 10 years plus younger, the probability of you generating any viable leads from your social media is just about zero. So you need to be using your own brain and common sense when making decisions as far as what you're gonna do for lead generation in 2024. That is an excellent point. So look at it this way. I don't know what the average age of a TikTok viewer is, but I'm guessing that you're, I mean, it's at least probably a decade lower than the average of a first time buyer. Now, look at it this way. How many of those TikTok viewers have, let's use the average sale price of 400,000. What's 20% down 80 grand? Do you really think that they all have 80 grand saved away in the bank? How long did it take you to save 80 grand? Listeners, do you currently have 80 grand? And you're probably older than the average uh, TikTok listener. So just keeping it in perspective, I think you make an excellent point there. So we're talking about different types of mortgage products. That's probably what spurred your thought about first-time buyers. Yep. So knowing about FHA, VA, first-time buyer programs, seller's financing, how to buy down rates, those methods are all ways that you can or your buyers can indeed achieve a 5 to 5 point something percent interest rate, but only if you know how to uh, actually do that. And if you're using uh, mortgage loan officers that don't talk the talk or don't have those products, 
you might need to expand your collection of lenders. Go to, um, I think it's Fannie Mae's website. It might be Freddie Mac. I really don't remember. Uh, FHFA's website. And find out if the loan officer, the lender you're using, is actually approved to do government loans. Mm-hmm. Because what you're going to discover is a lot of times the lenders that you're using won't tell you that they can't do some of the most, frankly, consumer-friendly loans out there because they don't. They literally don't have access to that product. And it's they won't not get, in their toolbox. It's not in their toolbox. It's not one of the products that they offer. So that's the reason that in some cases, you guys are going to make yourselves uncompetitive because you're working with loan officers that don't actually have access to all the different types of mortgage loan products out there that would make it so your buyer could actually afford to buy a house. We've done tons of podcasts, yep. tons of coaching on this. Make sure you do your own homework. That's right. And in fact, if you go to HUD.gov, a lot of those uh, FHA and VA and all the special stuff sort of lives or starts at HUD.gov. And if you find that your lender doesn't do those programs, I believe there's a lookup by zip code, find a lender that does, yep. and then you can do your own homework. Okay. Now, now Julie, okay. we have to agree that yes. in the new market, that's what we should start calling this, by the mm-hmm. way, in the new market, there definitely is going to be a boom with new construction. Speaking of which, and keeping it on interest rates, because I've got a section on new construction later this week, but uh, speaking of builders, take, for example, what Toll Brothers builders are doing currently. I got this email yesterday. They're calling it their New Year Home Sales event. They're using a 2-1 buy-down with the first year rate of 4.99%. I love how they snuck it in 0.99% because now I'm sure they're advertising five, right? So that's just Toll Brothers. Toll Brothers used to be smaller and regional. I forget. I think they're in like 12 states now. So they're out there. Lennar Homes also builds a ton of houses. Lennar is advertising, quote, rates in the fours for primary residences. I'm sure that depends on credit and all the rest. But, you know, that shows you that the builders are being creative. And I'll give you yeah. an example. Uh, Heath Moulton, mm-hmm. who is in Inkeny, Iowa, they work with a lot of these medium builders. And the last call I had with him last Wednesday, we were talking about essentially his medium builders because they're uh, competing with uh, Pulte, I think. I don't remember mm-hmm. what. And they're doing a lot of you know building smaller houses for higher prices on smaller lots, but they're buying down the interest rates and making the payments less so that people could buy a brand new house for essentially it's less house on a smaller lot, but the payment's lower than what they'd be paying for resale. Mm -hmm. Most people are going to shop payment more than they're going to really make. That's going to be the the biggest decision with what they choose to buy. Well, so now he's getting his medium-sized builders and his smaller builders to figure out ways to put money into the deal so they too can buy the rates down so they don't lose those prospective buyers off monthly payments. That's the new world. That's the new market. Learn how it works. Again, we talk about this excessively in Premier Coaching. The link to join is down below, or of course, you can listen to past podcasts. But the past podcast, this is just training. As much as we try to coach you guys on this show, it's not coaching, it's training. The coaching happens uh, when you join Premier Coaching. All right, Julie, so let's move on. We're talking now about something you read on HousingWire. Yes, according to HousingWire, once interest rates fell from 8.1%, that is our record high recently, down to 7.32%, there was an immediate increase, like we're talking about practically to the hour, increase in mortgage purchase applications. That's something to watch that is an indicator of what's happening in the market. Imagine what will happen when we get down under 7%. So again, uptick when it went from 8.1 to 7.3. As of today, we're almost under 7. I just looked it up before we started recording. It's 7.0. 
0.077 for the average rate. If you do a 15-year conforming, it's 6.2%, again, from HousingWire. So I believe we have four weeks in a row. Of which you write for both of those yep. publications, I believe. Exactly. Okay. Which is... <laughs> Are you quoting yourself with those last two quotes? Not on that one. <laughs> I don't write for the mortgage end, but yes. So uh, that's all good news. It's interesting, I think, that it, it tracks that closely and immediately. So if you want to know what's happening with demand, you check what the interest rate is, right? Okay, so moving on to Fannie and Freddie, they are helping out as well. The conforming loan limit for mortgages backed by them in 2024 will be an amazing 766550 That's a 5.5% increase over the old amount, which I think we'll all agree was also pretty high at 7262 This has already been announced by the Federal Housing Finance Agency, that's the FHFA. This was raised based on the FHFA's assessment that home prices rose by 5.56% this year. Didn't you and I hear that in some of the most expensive areas of the country is going to be a million dollars, though? Oh, I'm stepping on her point. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> Good segue. Amazingly, to your point, 766550 isn't high enough in some areas. There are already provisions for that. There are markets where 115% of the local median home value is higher than 766550. See, they actually base it on some math. So if the median's 115% higher, um, then they have a higher amount. And you can, again, go to HUD.gov and look that up based on your zip code. Think about coastal markets where the entry level is around a million or so, sometimes even higher. So <clears throat> speaking of which, who, who takes care of that? There's something called the HERA Act, which stands for Housing and Economic Recovery Act. It has a ceiling of 150% of the baseline conforming limit, which equals, wait for it, 1.149825, a million one fifty for one unit properties. It, so that's pretty amazing that you can get that, you know, a million one fifty. Okay, so I'm going to ask you questions about this because yeah. truthfully, I didn't know about the HERA Act. That's All why right. I fact-checked myself. All right, so the HERA Act, you're saying <laughs> yeah. that basically under this little yeah. carve-out, under this Economic Recovery Act, and yeah. everyone listening, guys, got to pay attention to this, someone in certain markets could actually get a mortgage for basically $1.15 million. Correct. Okay, and that's still an FHA, FHA I believe FHA, so, FHA yes. Mortgage. But yes. it falls but under this HERA Act, H-E-R-A, Housing and Economic Recovery Act. So, so, so that's not everybody. Please do not freak out right. and think that everybody in the country can go that high. So here's what you should do. You should call up your lender yeah. and and quiz them, or you know, just real quick, and ask them if they know what the limit is for the HERA Act. And if they don't know, well, then you know, maybe time for a new lender. There you are. Now, there are lenders that specialize in this type of thing. Yeah. Where they'll say, oh, yes, I'm, I can't believe you know that, Mr. or Mrs. Realtor, right? So that's the answer you're looking for. Well, just imagine if you were, say, in San Francisco or one of these expensive areas and you were talking with a buyer and the buyer thought, well, I can't qualify because of this, this, or the other thing. And you say, well, I happen to know of a way through a lender that I could actually get you qualified for a government loan for $1.15 million, which will actually mean that you don't have to put down 20%. You can put down maybe 5%, dare I say. And oh, by the way, your credit score doesn't have to be you know, 850. It can be you know, significantly lower. And if so if I can make that happen and the payment makes sense and you obviously like the house, you, know, you guys get it? This is the reason that knowledge equals confidence and ignorance equals fear. 
Knowledge equals confidence and ignorance equals fear. So Julie, thank you for sprinkling yes. that knowledge on us because truthfully, I, I didn't know that. Well, I thought it was interesting too. And here's the thing. You're all clamoring about how you bring value to your buyers. This would be an obvious place, right? Or, or for, you know, frankly, sellers that are wanting to move up or move down. That's exactly right. And I, I just want to hover there for a second. You touched on why is this significant with regards to FHA and VA? You mentioned one thing, because you may not have to put 20% down, you might be a 3 to 5% down. Typically, the credit scores don't have to be as high. The ratios can be more lenient. This all, of course, assumes that the borrower has a job, which would be required of any loan. So, you know, every borrower is different. Again, we're getting into the mortgages because that's the theme of today's prediction show. But go and find out what the actual uh, FHA or FHFA or Fannie Freddie guidelines are for that particular mortgage. I want you to do the lender's job and go to the website, find out what the actual government requirements are. Why? Because you need to then see if the lender is putting any overlays on top of those loan requirements, because that's what happens. So Fannie Freddie will come out with a mortgage op opportunity for up to a million dollars of making all this up. Guys, just bear with me. That you can, this is what the uh, you know max loan about, the buyer, borrower has to put down 5%. Their credit score can be, I don't know, Julie, what are you saying now? Like high 600s, right? Some, sometimes FHA is as low as 580, I think. Okay. So you, let's just say 650 for the sake yeah. of my little... Okay. Sure. Then you go to the lender's website. The lender is you know, approved to do Fannie Freddie's. And then you go to the lender and the lender's requirement is that the credit score is 50 points higher, that the down payment is not 5%, but it's 10%. Those are called overlays. You want to make sure you're working with a lender that doesn't have onerous overlays. The lender just does that because they're trying to protect themselves. Because if they if they originate that loan and the government basically insures it and that loan goes bad, that loan can then be pushed back upon that uh, lender. And that lender essentially is going to have to essentially assume the financial liability of that bad loan. So they have a right to protect their you know, the, the integrity of their business and their lending portfolio. This isn't really what it is. It's not a portfolio, yeah. but you guys get the point of it all. Uh, so you need to shop to find out who's got the least onerous overlays because your job is to help your buyers get into houses. That's right. And overlays, I see agents posting this all the time. Lender overlays are not illegal. Yeah. They are not taking advantage of your buyer. They're protecting themselves. They have risk management, you know, entire divisions that look at what they've got and they say, you know what? we're going to get more conservative. So there's certain banks that have a more conservative um, sort of reputation. Wells Fargo would be one of those. That doesn't mean that, you know, if you shop at somewhere else that it's going to be the same. Lenders have different uh, overlays. Also, since we're on this topic, I made note to self when we were in Murphy uh, for the holidays that I saw several credit unions advertising on their billboards outside of their um, buildings that they were doing mortgages in the sixes. So yes. that might be another play. Well, so that's an important thing. Again, we talk about this a lot in, co uh, in Premier Coaching and also on past podcasts. We talk a little bit about it. But when you're dealing with a credit union, for example, to use Julie's example, mm -hmm. they're, not, they're lending, lending their own money. So what they're doing is they're lending their, uh, you know, the, the, based on the amount of money that the um, you know, deposits, how yes. much money they have on hand. So their requirements are going to be completely different. This is the reason that we want all of you to have basically three different lenders. You need to have a lender that knows all this government-backed financing stuff, and they need to be really, really good at it. They need to be patient. They need to know, they need to go to every time there's a seminar learning about the latest process, you want that lender going. You don't want a lender, especially when you're dealing with the government type stuff that's not completely and totally frosty, locked in, knowing exactly what the latest and greatest is. 
And here's the way you can test them. Ask them if they play golf. If they play mm -hmm. golf, that's not the lender for you. I'm joking, but you get the idea. And then the second lender, remember you want three. The second lender is going to be somebody that you are, you can send your, you know, your folks with down payments with decent credit and job histories and rest and whatnot. Your sort of normal buyers and sellers, uh, you can send them to that lender. That lender does maybe do the government back stuff. Um, but they're not as much of an expert as the first lender and they can do the higher end stuff. But again, it's not really their forte. They're essentially like the target of lenders. Then you want the lender that's going to work with your occasional, in many cases with our coaching clients, your normal, very upper end clients. Those are going to be the lenders that know how to do loans against uh, stock market portfolios, your JP Morgan types, your, you know, those types UBS of lenders. And stuff like yeah, that. you want an upper end lender and the upper end lenders are going to be able to actually help people in the very upper end. Again, this is relevant on your, you know, maybe mm -hmm. it is or isn't to your market. But when people are getting, believe it or not, someone like, for example, is thinking about buying a $10 million house. They'll look at the $10 million and they'll say, well, I could pay cash, but that means the money's not invested. I could finance it, but with interest rates right now, I don't think I want to pay that kind of rate. Or what I could do is I've got $20 million in stock. I can actually get a loan against the stock and use that uh, in the rate that I'll get from JP Morgan, for example, will be something like three and a half percent because they're buying, they'll, they'll loan to, to their high tier customers at just a little bit above the Fed's, uh, Fed rate, which I think, by the way, right now is in the 4% range. So, mm -hmm. But in any event, then that's how the very upper end uh, actually buy things. They borrow against their existing portfolio and the lender gives them a super low rate. So you've got to know and have in your back pocket lenders that you know check all three boxes. Now, if you're just working with rural land in an area where 99% of everything is you know FDA, then obviously uh, deal with that. Well, and you can use your community bank for that. We've got some coaching clients that do live in those areas, and they have great relationships with their local community lenders. They themselves use them. You know, their clients use them, farm and land, ranches, stuff like that. And keep in mind, too, whether, you know, it's for you or for your borrower, some of these, especially the smaller regional ones, if you move your checking and savings to them, they'll give you, you know, a quarter point off. There's, there's all kinds of different things. So I think the bottom line is, in this new market, you need to upgrade your mortgage vocabulary. This is a lot of stuff that you are not really used to doing. So if we were to predict something for you, the prediction is that you're going to have to learn a lot more specifically since today is about mortgages to be able to talk in and out of these things as we've done with you today. That doesn't mean that you have to be so good at, you don't have to be an expert and you shouldn't claim to be an expert unless you actually are a mortgage lender as some of you are. And the world settled into lower, uh, settled into the new reality that the rates at three and a half percent aren't coming back. The shock and awe of the, you know, interest rate, it's not going to be 8% again. If anything, the rates are going to be dropping. Again, we're formulating our top 10 predictions for the Friday show, but you can see where we're going with this. As Julie just said, the bottom line is, is you're going to have to become a true expert not an armchair expert or a TikTok expert on mortgage interest rates and what's actually happening. You're going to have exactly. You're going to have to. Um, we're not suggesting you do loans unless you're doing loans already. Then you know there you go. But for the vast majority of you, align yourself with really high end. Are you really? I think lenders that are operating at the highest level, mm -hmm. and then refer your business to them. Your job is to sell real estate. Their job is to do, get the mortgage done. And when you partner with really good people, they're going to help you sell real estate even more so because they're going to help you now know what of your potential buyers are qualified. And by the way, they're also going to be sending you more or potential buyer leads themselves. Maybe they've got some people that they've transacted with doing the loans for, and those people want to put their houses for sale and they'll refer those back to 
you. This is a great way to build your center of influence past client. But as far as predictions go, sure. you can see our predictions with regards to interest rates are all wonderful. Yes, I'm very excited about that. One last thought, and I'm going to wrap it up on that point. Mortgage applications up, we mentioned are up 4% week over week, fourth straight week. That's a great trend, especially this time of year. Additionally, free refi offers are abundant right now, so make sure you know about that. And to your point, it everything that we're reading, that we're studying, the economists, economists and analysts that we listen to is saying that next year will be largely a stabilization year into the sixes, right? And, you know, I listened to Logan Motoshami over at Housing Wire. He, he said something I thought it was funny. He said, you know, 2023 in many ways will go down as a historic year, but one of them, because he's uh, more in the mortgage end of things, he said that what we all went, <clears throat> excuse me, what we all went through in 2023 was basically practically a decade of mortgage ups and downs and roller coaster ride and changes condensed into 12 to 18 months, and that we should all look at that as a good thing because we've gone through the shock of sub 3% all the way up to 8.1 in basically 18 months or less. And that's why being settling in the sixes feels a little bit better. There's pent up demand big time. We're seeing Absolutely. that all of our coaching clients are reporting that uh, back to us. All the people, there's a lot of people that were subconsciously acting out of fear. Because when there's change, what a lot of people do, their natural state of things, they're not, okay, things are changing. I'm going to get into action. That's not what most people do. What most people do is they hide out. They build yeah. a mental, emotional bomb shelter and they wait for the clouds to clear. And that is what 2023 will be known as. For the, sure. The bomb shelter year. Worst, you can tell by the numbers. Well, absolutely. Worst year in real estate in 40 years. Uh, so yeah, those of you who just got your real estate licenses, uh, welcome to real estate. <laughs> yeah, you dodged a bullet. <laughs> yeah, you dodged a bullet. No, but I have to say, I mean, yes, it, it was the worst year in 40 years for real estate. Let me be specific, though, in terms of sales volume. Yeah, okay? 3.6, right? Three About 3.7, somewhere in there. We're going to sell And around 200,000 new construction units. Yes. And so that's an epic low. Okay. Now, contrast that. With, I, I personally, I feel like the great housing crash was way worse just in terms of what it did to homeowners, right? Well, they lost their houses. Right. It, it, you know, it, what, even what it did to real estate professionals, you know, that was far, far more stressful. Now, that's not to say that having fewer sales is less stressful, but in terms of the economic and mortgage, you know, and, and homeowner damage, that was way worse. What we have right now, I think we're sitting on a potential, um, you know, major recovery from the super low amount of sales because all the things we talk about on the podcast, people are sitting on a mountain of equity. Rates are coming down. We have uh, historically super high credit scores and it's super high savings. That is a recipe. All we really need is more inventory. Most homeowners, if they've not bought within, you know, if they bought two years uh, or more ago, have 50% equity in their homes. On average, a hundred grand in equity if you just bought 24 months ago. I feel like we're all sitting in a rocket ship about yes. to go to Mars. <laughs> and the thing, someone just let it. And now it's all shaking. We're all anticipating finally, you know, getting off, yeah. uh, breaking free of the, you know, the gravity that's been holding us back, which is the 2023. So 2024 is going to be another reason to believe that 2024 is going to be your best year ever in real estate. I agree. We talked yesterday about inventory. Today we're talking about interest rates. The interest rates are going to scare up some of the more resale inventory. Definitely going to motivate more new construction. You're going to love tomorrow's podcast. And remember, Friday is the culmination, which are with which is our top 10 predictions for 2024. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.